Scotty launches one deep to left field, and that baby's gone. Breaking ball. A breaking ball is right. And that one is hit wow. deep to right field, and that baby is gone. Well, have we been waiting for that? He figured it's just a matter of time. Ole was all over it. Second deck, very deep in the second deck. The A's first home run for Matt Olson. So three and two is the count to counter. Here it is to Mark. Swung on in a high drive. Left center field, way back, headed for the wall, and that's going to be gone. This ball hit high and deep to left field, and Ramon Laureano has just doubled the score onto the train tracks and back onto the field. Ramon Laureano hits his first home run of the season. This ball shot towards center field. That'll be a base hit. That scores one run. Around third comes Canna. He'll score. Two out magic for the A's yet again. Five of their six runs have scored with two outs, and Jed Lowry singles home two to make it a six nothing game. And now it's up to Lowry. One run in for the A's, but they need more. Hit pretty well to left center field. And that baby's gone, and this game is tied. Loriano coming in, and this time he makes the catch easily. And that's the ball game. That does it for the Astros. In this series, the A's, after dropping the first game six to two, come back to win six to two and seven to three. Here's the one-one pitch swung in by Cabrera. Ground ball to the right side in the ship. Up with it, Elvis Andrews throws to first for the out, and that's three wins in a row for the A's and four of their last five. Yeah, a big bouncer grabbed by Brown, fires to second for one. Chapman throw to first. Got him, and that's the ball game. That's right, baby. The A's are back, and it's thanks in large part to a man who's turning 37 years old on Saturday, Jed Lowry. Let's talk about that and a whole lot more on this week's episode of Triple Coverage. Coming up right now, let's go. Now. Coming to you from various parts of California, this is Triple Coverage, your number one source for the best sports news, analysis, and debate. Now, here are your hosts, Ace Erdman, Chris James, and CP. Oh, yes. We are celebrating good times over here in Oakland, baby. That's right. We're back. We were never worried. Not even for a second. Not even for... No, never never doubt him for one millisecond. Absolutely not. How could you? You know, with the way that the A's have been playing this past week, it would be absolutely foolish to suggest that they're on <laughs> any other track than a uh, playoff championship up. contention team. So we're back here in triple coverage, and let's just reflect on this past week of Ace Baseball. Ace Erdman, Chris James, CP, we're all here. We're all with you. And, I mean, boys, what a turnaround it has been. They, they heard us absolutely scathe them, and they're like, ah, damn. We got to turn it around for the boys. They had to. That's the only That's the only explanation that I can possibly think of. 
<laughs> and, you know, it, it feels, I got to say, I feel a lot better recording this episode than I did last week. Yeah, no, definitely. We uh, we have a winning, well, you know, record doesn't reflect it yet, but we have a winning team. It's going to soon. Right, it will soon. By this time next week, it will be. Yeah, I I I'm I feel safe in predicting that. Although I feel like Minnesota's a wild card. You know, we don't know how how good they're going to be when they come into Oakland, but Detroit's on a roll right now. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Let's reflect on this last week first, and then let's let's project uh, this upcoming series against Detroit. Okay, so let's talk about the guy who I wanted to highlight in the intro. I didn't get enough highlights of this guy um, because I have. There it is. I have a very limited selection of highlights to choose from when I'm making these introductions. But Jed Lowry is just playing at an unreal level right now. I mentioned it in the open. He's turning 37 this weekend, and he's hitting like he's in his prime right now. He's ninth overall in baseball in RBIs with 11. He's batting 407 over the last seven with two home runs, 10 RBIs. He's the best hitter on the team, batting 333 right now. So can we just... uh, Give Jet Lowry a bit of love, team, a little bit of appreciation. Team on the back. On his back. Carrying him to the promised land. A Monday warrior, In case you don't know, this, that's modern his walk-up song. Warrior. Yes, it's his walk-up song. Yeah, Probably in, case, the best in case you don't know. Well, Mark Hamill, okay, well, second best one. There's a lot of good walk-up songs on the A's, but, uh, you know, yeah. So, uh, CP, man, what's, uh, what, what, how do you feel about Jed Lowry right now? Let's, I haven't heard from y'all episode yet, and um, I want to get your, get your opinions on Jed, man. It, I wish I could say I saw it coming, um, <laughs> yeah, but same. we all, we all kind of knew. I mean, the guy is amazing in Oakland. Every time he's went other places, hasn't been great. Is is okay, you know. And his Mets stint obviously was a nightmare, but maybe that had some other stuff going on in the background. Yeah, there, but, there are some other reports that came out this week that suggest maybe it wasn't entirely on him. Right, but it's just something about that man in A's uniform, and it started in 2012 when we first acquired him. Really, I mean, he was a stud, uh, but 2018 and now in 2021 which is insane to think that we first got him nine years ago (laughs) but yeah right uh you really uh, you can't say enough about his just production and you know bob melvin said best it might he might just be fresh from two years off you know i mean he only had seven at bats seven at bats in two years with the mets yeah it's odd he appeared in nine games and had seven at bats for that team it's and yeah. the fact that he, what he's doing is just unreal. And, you know, he's such a professional hitter and, and we can break down like his trades and stuff. But the, just the fact is, is that he's turning 37 and he's literally carrying a contending ball club. We didn't think he would be the everyday second baseman. We didn't think he'd be batting third. But no, definitely not. And he's such a some people ball. out there think he should be riding pine. They're certainly, well, you know, maybe not now, but at the beginning and during the losing streak, during the opening streak, you definitely saw that a lot on social media, you know, on A's Twitter and A's, you know, uh, social media in general. People didn't like the idea of having this 36-year-old has-been, quote-unquote, on the team. But CP, you kind of touched on a point that I wanted to make here. He's been, this is a third stint in Oakland, right? The first, he's, he's only played 
over 100 games in a season four times. All four of those times have been in Oakland. In 2013, he played 154 games. 2014, he played 136. 2017, 153. 2018, 157. Other than that, he's he's he played 97 games in 2012, which is when he came to Oakland from Houston. So something about the Coliseum, maybe it's the green and gold, maybe it's the white shoes. It's Bay Area because he's a Stanford guy. And yeah, maybe it's just being at home in the Bay Area. But whatever it is, I'm glad that he's found it once again. All right, because he's played in 12 games. He has 14 hits, only three doubles, but the year is young, right? He's on pace for about 40-ish doubles. He's never come close to that anywhere but Oakland. He's beat it twice in Oakland. He's never come he's never even hit more than 30 doubles anywhere else. So the guy is just a machine right now and uh his hits are timely as well. Um it's and also it's a good thing that other guys are starting to hit more too. Olsen had that massive three-run home run in Houston to put us ahead in game two of that series, which is the first one that we won shot in that series. Complete ripper. That was was the longest home run of the season for the A's, uh, I think, at that point. Um, And it may have been until the next day when Seth Brown sent one to basically (laughs) the same section, but just a little bit further up. I mean, the A's are just mashing the ball right now. You know what's crazy is, you know, that kind of power, you don't really see it from Olsen on his home runs. He's a line drive shooter. This one was like explosion. Right. It was, it was an arc. This one was an arcing moonshot. Yes, exactly. Normally, so if he's been working on time, that, if he's been working on that technique in the swing, good luck, everyone else. Have fun. Well, because here's the thing is that he is always in the top of the high hit percentage rankings. He, he hits the ball uh, with a ton of exit velocity off the bat. Always right. He'll ground right. out and hit the ball 105 miles an hour. Exactly. But if you add the launch angle to it, now we're getting into the advanced analytics that all baseball people love so much. <laughs> um, I actually am a big fan of those. I, I like it a lot. It's kind of, you know, a new way to look at it. But a lot of baseball purists don't really care for that stuff. I'm telling you, though, if if you see Matt Olson combine that huge exit velocity with a favorable launch angle, he's going to hit 40 to 50 home runs. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it was a maybe one time thing or if he has been working on it. Yeah, we'll see. He hasn't hit another one. He did get injured. Um, he took a pitch. He got hit by a pitch against Arizona. Probably I want to say pinky. Yeah. So he has a contusion in his in his uh, hand. He there, so. He got lucky that it wasn't a break. Yeah, he did have a hand injury before that kept him out at the beginning of, of the season. Um, a few years back, it was the hamate bone. Yeah. Getting hit on the hand is probably one of the worst areas uh, to get hit by a pitch. Getting yeah, hit by a pitch sure. is not fun. Ask Ramon, Ramon Laureano. That boy's got hit in the nuts. Oh, Ramon. <laughs> Ramon. I just shook it off like nothing, though. Yes, which that is good. He must have been wearing a cup. He must have been wearing a cup. Because <laughs> you can't take that kind so of pitch. Different. I mean, it doesn't matter. If, if a major league pitcher's throwing at you and it hits you there, it doesn't matter if it's a curveball, a changeup. Uh, unless it's Zach Granke throwing it at you, it's definitely going to hurt. A lot. If Zach if Zach Rinky busts out the fifty one and hits you there, maybe it's not that big of a deal. No, you're going Slugfest two thousand and catching it. <laughs> yeah, at that point, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> just catch it and throw it back to him. Continue, continue the at bat, right? But anyway, regardless, the A's are just crushing the ball right now. They went into Arizona, took two out of two there. They come home to play Detroit. We got Sean Manaya on the bump tonight, Thursday night. This is when it comes out on Thursday. 
And I wanted to talk about Sean Manaya as well. All right. Because when the A's broke out of this losing streak that they were on, I mean, they, they won against uh, L.A. on the getaway day, the day game. And, you know, it was like, all right, yeah, we took one out of three against them, but it was really one out of seven on the season. And then they go into Houston, lose the first game, not in very good fashion, left a lot of guys on base. A lot of the same issues that we talked about in our episode last week showed showed up for them uh, in that first game against Houston. And then Sean Manaya comes in and gives us a great performance. Um, Sean Manaya, I have it here. Six innings pitch, six hits, one earned run, only one walk, four strikeouts. All right. So it's something that we hadn't been getting at up, up until that point is our starting pitchers giving quality starts and truly quality starts. I mean, credited with them because he didn't leave any inherited runners for Yasmera Petit to come in and, you know, let him let them score and yada, yada. No, Sean and I took care of business that day. Petit did get the win because when he left the game, uh, they were tied and they broke out late in that game. But if it's not for Sean Manaya, you know, giving that performance, I don't know if the A's even stick around for that game and put up the kind of fight that they did late there. Um, so, you know, Manaya was great. And then the next day, Montas pitched, and he was also great. So you got to feel a lot better about the A's rotation nowadays. Nope. And, and they're hitting. Well, you do. You, you have to because, yeah, Bassett. He struggled a little bit. Lazardo did not look good in his start on uh, or in Arizona on Tuesday. Two thirds. You got to give me a few more starts because the biggest thing with this rotation all every year, is, well, two biggest things is consistency and injuries. So uh, yeah, I mean that's true for any rotation, I, though. Yeah, but the A's are always plagued by it. Like no matter at a more consistent rate at a higher rate than every other team. You can't tell me otherwise. Like uh, I feel I, like every year two to three go down. I think I, I don't know. I'd like to see the numbers on that. We're going to have to talk about that in another uh, episode if we do, but because I don't, I don't have the numbers here, but um, you know, pitching is a high injury position. You know, you got guys throwing as hard as they can. Everybody's a max effort pitcher nowadays, you know, except for a few guys, like I mentioned, Granky for one, he's not that anymore, but you know, like when you got guys throwing as hard as they can 90 to a hundred times a game, uh, you know, and then doing workouts on the, uh, on the outside of the games and whatnot, like you start to see injuries. But Frankie gave us six innings pitch, one earned run, five strikeouts the next day, and it seems like it seems like they're addressing what went wrong in their bad start. And at least for this one start, now we'll have to see how Sean does tomorrow. But it seems like they've corrected the mistakes that they were making. And in our last episode, I I mentioned Frankie Montas needing to trust his fastball, right? He was going away from the fastball against LA and they were punishing him for it. You watch the game against Houston. He was using that fastball almost exclusively to a lot of guys. To Jordan Alvarez, he threw like, I don't know, 15 fastballs. Yeah. He threw a ton to him and he wasn't touching it. Like he was, no, he wasn't. He he could not catch up to it. Right. And then, you know, he was setting up the splitter to a lot of guys too. use that splitter to get that third strike. Frankie looked really good. Bullpen is concerning to me at this point. Um, you know, but it it just, it's, it's leaps and bounds better than their first week of this season. So A's fans listening, I know we probably didn't make you feel very comfortable last week, 
um, probably didn't make you very happy last week, but rightfully so. Exactly. We had reason to worry, but we also had reason to look forward to this team when they end this, you know, 10 game stretch from hell, which they did. And they salvaged the three and seven record out of it, which is fine. You know, I mean, starting zero and six, three and seven is pretty good. Right. And now they're in the part of the, this, this early schedule that's supposed to be a little bit easier. And after the, uh, Tigers series, they could find themselves in first place after it's all said and done and, and going zero and six and, you know, three and seven in the first 10, that's kind of a remarkable feat, even though it's April, I think that would be big for this team's mentality and their, their morale going into the later months of the season. Absolutely. You're hundred percent right. And you know what Frankie Montas said is that I think he said it after the uh, Astros uh, win on uh, Saturday was that the vibe was changing is like, yeah, they were all down in the dumps and right. Like again, rightfully so. Cause they just got their asses handed to them two series in a row, essentially, even though they battled back in the last Dodger game, but the vibe is changing. And now these guys are, they're back to jail. And now they're like, okay, this is who we are. Like they're playing the games that they're known for. Like they battle back with the homers and mm-hmm. they get an excellent bullpen outing. Like the one we saw in the second Arizona game from, Right, Guerra, Guerra, wherever how you say last name, I apologize. It's not botched it for sure, but we'll 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 see him more and more throughout the year, and we'll get a better handle on on how. Yes, but the bullpen was nails. All five runs were given up by Luzardo in like the second inning. Right, he made it what two and two thirds, two and two thirds, and the bullpen was nails. They got into some shaky stretches, but like you got three innings from a guy you just called up from the alternate site, but like. Not even a week ago, right? That that's, week, that's big. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. You're gonna need those contributions because you have Rosenthal down already for like at least three months. Uh, you just need guys to step up, and luckily, they're not a super strong bullpen like we may have thought them to be right now. But mm-hmm. they're getting by, and I think they can only get better for sure. Well, yeah, I, I would, I would be inclined to agree with you there because. They were the best bullpen in baseball last year. They lost two key guys, um, one of them being their closer, who they didn't really, when the bullpen was really stinking up the joint, they, they didn't have a chance to even use him. You know, Liam Hendricks would not have pitched. He may have pitched just to get some time on the bump, but it would have never been a, we didn't have a safe situation until Houston, until until game two in Houston. That, that was our first safe situation. And I don't even know if it was a safe situation. We may have had a lead of more than four. No, it, it was uh, or a four six to or two, more. right? Yeah, so so it wasn't a safe situation even. So no, we haven't had one since uh, Trevino just locked one down. Right. So the bullpen, I think, I, I mean, a lot of guys had kind of career years last year, which is kind of sucky to say because it was a 60-game season. You know, so that kind of it might be a, it might be a um, a mirage a little bit, but we can only see. You know, we can only see how they're going to do. The rotation I think is fairly solid, but I, like I mentioned, Lazardo, you, you said it too. He gave it five runs and two and two thirds. It, it may be time to question: Is he better suited as a reliever? You know, I, we we know that he has the stuff to be a starter. And even a premier starter in this league. Didn't but, I say this last episode? I, I did you? I don't know. What, what did you? What I do you think? I believe I did. I believe I did. And both of you came off to me saying no. 
because you uh something about stamina or something in the bullpen and i was like yeah no that's perfect for him so yeah no 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 i'll find the clip i'll find the clip and edit it in yeah but i said this last episode. something about stamina doesn't sound like anything that i would ever say well, but, one of you guys mentioned something about going extra like something about innings i forget exactly what you said but uh i called for this him coming out of the bullpen okay well i still don't think he should come out of the bullpen no um, no I I, I I that's a question and I was looking for an answer, and I still don't think the answer is yes. Um, myself, I, I think that he he what he needs to do is I, he he needs to he needs to put it together. He, if he puts his stuff together and locates his fastball and his breaking stuff, he can go the distance. You know, he doesn't need to just come in as a spot reliever right now. Would that be a good idea? I mean, maybe we don't really have a guy to take his place. Um, I don't like the idea of taking him out to bring in fires, you know, and keep Irvin. So, you know, I, I don't know. CP, what, what do you do? You agree? What, what do you think? I think you need to let him get his take his lumps in the rotation because he's learning how to pitch. That's the thing is, you know, it's back to the inning scene that we mentioned last week is like he's still getting his feet wet. And throwing him in the bullpen, if it's a temporary solution that they might have to explore, if he's still getting like rocked, like he was in Arizona, then because their team their team's in win now mode, and when you right. have a guy you're rolling him out there, uh, and he's giving up tank shots, you know, left and right, and he's just bad. Then you got to consider a move like that. But right now, yes, let him take his lumps, but you got to kind of cap it at some point too. It's you, you can't keep rolling him out there. If he's given up a bad, or he's going out there, bad start after bad start. And I don't think he will just because his stuff is too good to, and he'll get by in some games, but he's going to have an up and down season. And you just, you got to get, you got to, got to let the man get out there and just, just learn. And hopefully he turns into the pitcher we want to see this year and not later down the line because the window is open, but it could close at the snap of a finger too. the window, the contention window. Right. Yeah. We've seen the A's window open and close. I don't know what five times over the past 10 years. So, well, maybe past. Wow. It's actually 2021 now that I think about it. So maybe not five times. It's kind of, insane to think but the point is it it opens and closes fast but chris what do you think i mean you you seem to think that he should be in the bullpen why do you think that same the same reason i uh sorry i'm on mic muted for a second yeah same reason i uh i said it last week it's just consistency until he can prove that you know he's not uh or he's, he's fixed his consistency issues um throw him in there why not what what's the harm it could do well um i think that it could stunt his development a little bit and I, I don't think that it necessarily will um my main concern is that we would need another guy to come in and, and replace him so who who would you put into the rotation if you take lizardo out of it well we also talked about that last week we got we got people coming up and people on injury i don't know it, it's it's a huge question i believe last week how it came about was we were kind of talking about this we were talking about rotation question marks and injuries and so on and so forth. Uh, you got to see what fires can do. What if fires comes back and, you know, 
he, he's, he's pitching well. He can pitch well. Yeah, he certainly um, can. He's been a very successful pitcher for the A's, too, especially in Oakland. Exactly. So you, you got to see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of question marks still with this bullpen. So. Yeah. And, and rotation. I'm sorry, not bullpen. Well, with this rotation. But, but you're right, though. There, there are a lot of question marks with both. And I do think, to your point, that you put Lazardo in the bullpen, then he doesn't have the the whole the pressure of Ace. What? So it's, he's inconsistent. Like he, he is. Yeah, for sure. And that comes with youth and inexperience. So if it actually begs the question, would you rather see him out of the bullpen or would you uh, still keep him in the lineup? Keep him in the rotation. Yeah, I, I, I would keep him in the rotation. Because because I, I he's he's also a guy he's built at like a starting pitcher right? right there there are guys who can't do five six seven strong innings in a row Lazardo true but the way our that. pitching is now we wouldn't it wouldn't be that bad to have someone like it would him be in nice the to have somebody that's somebody in the like bullpen. him is in the bullpen so there's the clip by the way that was uh, ghosts of the past talking but anyway um, <laughs> I forgot what I was saying I was so rudely interrupted by my former self. <laughs> um, I told you I find it. Uh, yeah, could have edited that in later, but it's all good. Um, let's see, what was I saying? Oh, right. Um, so if we put him in the bullpen, it would be good to have, um, him him not come in and have the pressure of needing to get off to a good start and uh, needing to eat up innings. But like I did say in that clip, I think he can eat up innings. I think that he has the stuff and the ability to eat up the innings. He just has to put together the pitch sequencing and the location and, you know, the, the scouting on the hitters and stuff. I think that he, he needs to um, just really have more experience in order to be that main, like number one, even ace level starter, which I think he could be, but he's not there yet. Not even close. I agree. And you know, uh, it's like golf. He's got to put it all together, man. He yeah, has that's... it. Some starts he he's he's like locating well and you know his his fastball's on point and his breaking ball um shooty babbit and give him some airtime. He was making some great points on post game live uh, after the Dimebags game is that he's kind of in between his releases right now especially with his breaking stuff mm-hmm. because he's leaving it up and uh, you obviously you don't want to have that but he's got to find the release between his curveball and his slider. Because he throws both, right? He has that little loopy curveball and then a, a, a hard slider, and he gets caught in between. And the one that Carson Kelly crushed, look at the location; it's just right in his wheelhouse, begging to be smacked. So, um, all in all, just like we keep saying, like just keep rolling him out there, and then once he once he finds his groove, how many times do we keep good. rolling him out there though until we say enough's enough? Because this is season two. Of these kind of things with him. Is this season two or season three? Uh, I think it's, it's two. two. It's two. Yeah. Well, because we called him up. He, we called him up. Yeah. We called him up yeah, for that. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't, he was like a bullpen guy. He was, they used him very similar to the way they used AJ Puck that year, too. You know, yeah, so he would okay. come in like a mop up role or he would come in and try to hold guys over until we could get to the back part of our bullpen. Right. Um, you know, but uh, he, still, though, how, how many, how many chances? How long do you give this guy? You know, I mean, I think in, as long as we're contending, and I think as long as we're able to uh, keep the games winnable that he starts when he struggles, because he he has not struggled two games in a row yet. He had a really good outing um, against 
the the Dodgers when he won that game. He, mm-hmm. he didn't get the win, but he did have a good outing. He looked really good that day. So that's what I, you're going to get with him right now is you're going to get really good outings and you're going to get really bad ones. Right. And, you know, you just you, you just got to live with it because he's only in year two. Technically, his second full season. Yeah. Really his first full 162. Right. But a second season as a member of the big league club. Right. That, that and, we're going to look to eat up innings and get starts. Yeah. So you're going to, he's going to be like the, the, he's going to be so inconsistent that you, you just got to keep him around because he's going to show you a big time game versus the Astros. He's going to shove it and then he's going to, you know, not maybe have a great, not so great outing, but you'll, you'll take that because again, he's learning how to pitch and this is how he, this is how he learns. Right. And, and, and that's kind of unfortunate because a lot of the mistakes that he makes are pitches that double A and triple A players would not send 430 feet, but major league players are going to do that nine times out of 10, you know, and there, there is a huge gap between minor league talent and major league talent, obviously, but that right there is the difference. You know, you mess up on one one release in the majors, that ball's probably going over the fence. In the minors, it's a foul ball. You might get another chance. You might not. So for him to get these reps in the majors when a guy of his age and experience level would more than likely be between double A and triple A, you know, it's tough. You're going to see that a lot. That, that wasn't in the notes for this episode. I just wanted to bring up that point. Um, and uh, we've been talking about this for a while. We have not talked about the Giants yet. And I think they deserve a little bit of love, too. They are eight and four right now. They're second place in the National League West. And they're getting some some uh, some 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 contributions from some old names that we've heard. Crawford and Brandon Belt, the two Brandons are just, yep. you know, they're 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 carrying this offense for the Giants. They're really fun to watch right now. They just took two out of three from the Reds. Don't forget about Longoria. Oh, and Longoria, too. That's another old guy that, the one. that's like yeah. crushing the ball right now, too. So. You know, I, I I haven't had a lot of fun watching the Giants lately. I know a lot of Giants fans haven't had a lot of fun watching the Giants over the past couple of years either. <laughs> but this is a fun team right now. You guys been paying attention to them? I mean, you guys, uh, past two episodes, two episodes, yeah, it's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have been for like the first time, like I said, in a while. Yeah. Um, it's like you said, it's just fun to watch. And yeah, the, the older names are crushing it. They've also been having some pretty good success pitching. Um and they've fixed a bit, a bit, uh, the homeowner bust situation that they were having. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me like I should have to back it up, but uh, eyeballs on TV. Um, I'm seeing a lot more RBIs that don't come from moonshots, which yeah. is good. You yeah, they that. are. They absolutely need that. They're stringing hits together for sure, just like a good major league team would do. Yep. Um, most of their games, they're keeping the hits from the opposing team low. Like, uh, I think aside from the Reds game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been keeping the 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 scores below th- three or lower. I think is what I saw. Um, so I know they just beat they beat the Reds se- seven to six. Uh, but then beat them three to oh zero whatever. Yeah, don't kill oh, me, oh and zero. Oh and zeros. Yeah. Oh gosh, no. we're, we're not we're not doing the license plate here. So I think you're good. I think we know where. Yeah. No, uh, actually, no. well now like now they got in front of me. Okay, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, seven to six, and then they lost three to zero. And then they beat the Rockies four to zero. Beat the Rockies four to three, three to right. one. Beat right, right. And I'm looking at all these these wins when they're winning, three or three or lower. 
except for the Reds game. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and, and the Reds, they're kind of, they're fixing the pitching. That wasn't a big problem, but we just needed some fine tuning. And it looks like they tuned it up. Right. It wasn't a big problem, but now it looks like to, it looks to be a, a major point, you know, a major yep. point of emphasis for the Giants team. They're second in ERA right now in the major leagues. Uh, the Padres are first at 248, the Giants 278, and then the Mets 282, Dodgers 291, Brewers 292. You know, so they're they're right up there with the best pitching staff in baseball. And they um, they just took a series from the Reds. The, who are no the, they're not. They're, they're, they were the best offense in baseball coming into the series. You yeah. know, so that has to be a good sign when you can take an offense like that and keep them to what did you say it was? It was three nothing and um, three nothing. Oh, they right. So the they Reds, won, the so Reds they won, won three. They nothing. won Wednesday's uh, Wednesday's game three nothing. Right. Uh, and then they beat them seven to six and then they lost three nothing. Right. So they kept the so Reds. They, still took the series. They, they did not let the Reds score 10 runs in the three game series, yeah, which exactly. is I think that's an accomplishment for the Giants. And. You know, I don't forget. They also took the series from the Padres. They did. Yes, they did. They took the series from the Padres and they also took the series from the Rockies, too. So they haven't lost the series. Well, they lost to the Mariners. They lost the series to the Mariners. But other than the first series of the year, so they, you know, they've been winning their series. And that's all you can really expect, especially from a team in their position this early in the year. Now we get later on in the season individual games are certainly going to matter because, you know, the Padres are still going to want to compete. They didn't go out and spend all that money for nothing. Right. And the Dodgers, I mean, we don't have to say anything about the Dodgers. We all know how good the Dodgers are. That's Dodgers a stack lineup. A colossal like meltdown, even, and they still might come away first place. First right. team to ten wins in the league. That says all you need. To yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. But right now, the Giants are doing exactly what they need to do in order to find themselves in a position where people are talking about them come August and possibly even September, possibly even October. That wild card spot's looking. More juicy. Yeah, absolutely. All they're asking for, all, all you want is a chance in the dance. Right. Exactly. And we know, and we know from, from the Giants history that when they get into the dance, crazy things can happen. You now, know, it's the not only problem an even is, year. But yeah, I was about to say the only problem is it's 2021. And yeah, right. Number, exactly. So. so maybe next year, you know, but you know, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a new decade, a new, you know, new new tradition. Yeah, exactly. Now they didn't do it in 2020, so maybe 2021 is the year. I don't know. Um, but lots of fun watching the giants and, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly going to end up talking about them more and more as the year goes on. Obviously us three personally, we're all A's fans, but you're not going to be able to keep ignoring the giants if they keep themselves up where they are right now. Well, I wouldn't say we're ignoring them. No, no, not ignore. Ignore was a bad word. Maybe neglect, (laughs) maybe neglecting them because, well, the problem is they, they, they've been good. You know, we talked about in the first last week. They were good. We right. talked about this week. They're still doing good. The A's had a complete meltdown 0 and 6. Right. And I still watch. So I, that, I've still watched every inning of their season. Yeah. And I've only they, watched a few Giants. They games. deserve the scathing, like almost 30 minutes that they got from us. And then they turned yeah. it around. So now we got to give them praise. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we're just kind of evening, evening it out. The Giants have been solid. So yeah. far this year, there's not really much more we can say about them right Giants, now. The Giants have been better than the A's. You know, you they know. have been better than the A's. And it may be a little bit early to make this take, but in the first episode of this, this uh, new regime, uh, <clears throat> not, uh, not a regime. No, not, <laughs> we're not a regime. Uh, you know, this iteration of, of the show, 
we talked about whether the Giants would be sellers and what pieces they have to sell. True. I I, I don't. I, it might be early to make this take, like I said, but I don't know if that's going to happen now. It is only April 14th. Well, I said that last week, too. I don't, I don't think they're sellers. I mean, I made the I made the take. I'll stand out on it. I don't think they're sellers anymore. I think you look at what you got here and you're like, OK, well, damn, now we just need a couple more pieces. Yeah, I don't know. They definitely have the making of a fun team to watch. And even if you're not from the Bay Area, I, I really do recommend checking out the San Francisco Giants when they play. A lot of times they're one of the only games on TV when they play because they play the West, the late, you know, West Coast spot, you know. So if the A's, Padres, Dodgers are on the road in the East and the Giants are in the West, they're at home, th- just check them out. They'll be the only, they'll be on ESPN a lot, I'm sure, this year. And they'll be on ESPN more and more if they continue to win. So, you know, good times in the Bay Area. Uh, We are going to take a break. We're going to come back from that break and we're going to talk more sports. So stick around and we're going to keep talking. Triple coverage. Almost forgot. (laughs) You're listening to Triple Coverage. For more content, follow Ace on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ace510. And subscribe to Chris's YouTube channel, Crazy Enigma. Make sure to follow the show on social media at TripCovPod. Now, back to the show. I forgot to say this in the first segment, but the Astros have also lost five in a row. So that's a good thing, too, uh, for us here. It makes us feel a little bit better about that opening week. But on to football now. America's new pastime, America's new favorite sport. Um, let's talk about that. Justin Fields Pro Day. Niners were there. At least uh, Shanahan was there. They seem to be backtracking from Mac Jones. What's uh, what's going on with the Niners, you guys? I don't know. I don't know if you guys have a little more insight than me. I don't know anything about what they're doing. <laughs> I need you guys to carry me through this segment. So somebody well, start talking. Well, the thing is, is, uh, yeah, they, they went to the pro day. It was a bunch of smiling and shaking hands and loving what you're seeing. It did seem very happy. Gushy. Yeah, no, it, and, and why wouldn't you be? Because <laughs> we know the smart choice is fields. We we've talked about this extensively at this we point. Have, we have, that's obvious. Okay. When you look at the, when you look at the tail of the tape, kind of, this is kind of a tail tape, Mac Jones, skill set, similar Kirk cousins. Fields, skill set, similar to Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. Who are you taking? I'm taking the second. I'm taking the <laughs> second, too. Exactly. I'm not a fan uh, of Kirk Cousins. And, you know, hey, there are reports coming out that maybe maybe Shanahan's changing his mind a bit. I, I just don't know if he fully commits. Uh, I'm, CP has a different opinion than me, so I'd love to hear it. I'm just sticking to my guns, and I, I just don't think it's going to be Mac Jones. I just don't. I I, I, we keep saying it, but it's it's horrible value. Well, it's, we keep saying it because there's reason to say it. It's it's the NFL draft season. Like there's going to be reports coming out about every team that they're high on this guy and they love this guy, and it's all a bunch of BS. It, it, none of it's true. I mean, I, I can't. It's hard to believe anything what teams are saying because why would they leak what they're going to do in the draft? Well, I mean, when you got the third pick. I think you can leak a little bit, and the and the two picks in front of you are kind of set. So, sure, I, but either way, I mean, like, do we? But even then, I'm not sure if the second pick is set. Like, why would you? Why, why, why would you go Zach when you when you got Justin Fields? 
Uh, see, I don't know. Uh, you have to ask Joe Douglas on that one. But, but yeah, anything that it comes out in this draft season is is malarkey for the most part, except Trevor Lawrence to the Jags because that's an, the easiest home run that the Jags will probably ever hit in the draft. Uh, I, I I never. Do you agree, Ace? That. Do you agree that that is an obvious hit? No, I don't. I'm saying, no, no, I'm, no, I'm no saying it's thing. obvious. No, no, I'm saying it's I, obvious. No, I just want to get the troll in there. I'm sorry. As yeah. a pick, like it's obvious that they're as, picking him. As, if, yeah, to bet on who they're going to pick, yes, it's obviously going to be Lawrence. We, but we don't, we don't know. Is he a home run? Sam, Sam Darnold was that too for the See, Jets. Well, okay, it's Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence are way different prospects coming well, out but, of but, college. But, but my point is, is the hype was the same. It was yeah, like I don't know. I don't think it's the same. I it, I remember very clearly that it, it was the same. So the hype. Saying, that's like saying Darnold and Burrow had the same hype, man. No, it's 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 off. I, I don't think they did though. People were hailing Sam Darnold. <laughs> people were hailing Sam Darnold as the savior for the Jets before they even picked him. And then he comes Trevor in Lawrence and in his first as game, a freshman. Yeah, sure. People have been drooling over him. He's gotten as much hype as Andrew Luck did. When he was going into the draft. Right. Now, Andrew Luck is a guy that ended up working out. And it's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate for us as football fans that he decided, you know, to go the way that he did with his career. But that was that was a good pick. But um, for every Andrew Luck, there's a, you know, Jake Locker. Right. And Trevor Lawrence very well could end up like a Jake Locker or like a Brady Quinn. But we'll see. That's, that's what name. makes the yeah. draft. That's what makes the draft so much fun. Colt but McCoy. he Colt McCoy is another name. It's, there's no way that if Sam Donald and Trevor Lawrence were in the same draft, let's just say Sam Donald entered this year, it would be Trevor Lawrence one still easy. You think Sam Donald will go two? This is not in the notes, and this is not what we're planning on talking. No, about, I don't think. I don't think. No, I don't think Donald goes two. And this, if would. you put Donald in this draft, I think he's. Oof. You think he goes before yeah. Mac Jones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I do. The only reason why we're talking about Mac Jones so high is because Shanahan's like slobbering over him. Is he right. though? Well, he, he was. At least he was. Do we do we know that? Uh, Again, yeah, it, it's there are a lot of inside reports saying it. Yeah, there. We'll that's that's all we've heard until pretty much this week. We'll see. About I mean, the I, Niners, it. But... I, I just think it's 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 lion season. You're gonna get guys thinking that they're gonna go one way and then they do a one eighty. You've been hurt too much in the past. Maybe. Well, as Maybe. a Raiders fan, yeah, it's tough Maybe. not to be. Maybe you know, and tough let's not just, to be a little just, salty. It's you know it's stupid. I mean, just bring it to them. But it's like this team high on breakout prospect. Like no shit, they're high on this guy. This guy's a beast. Like of course they'd be high on him. Right? Who wouldn't be like Kyle Pitts, for example. Like oh, the Cowboys are high on Kyle Pitts. Of course they are. Yeah. Oh, you don't say. Do you know somebody? Do we, do, do we do we really think that the Cowboys would pick him at number ten? I don't know, but why not? It's rare to see a tight end, you know, ranked so high in a, on a lot of that people. Guy, that guy's built different, bro. That, that guy well, exactly. That's what that's what I'm saying. Different. That's Just, what I'm saying. If so, he fell, if he fell to seventeen, I, obviously he's not going to. I, I'm for, not. Right. I'm not saying that he's going to. There's there's no, no it's shot. Okay. Fantasize all. Fantasize away. If he's at seventeen, you pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I'm, if you, you just you just do 14, you right? But if you're at you know yeah. whatever, you probably that guy's that guy's that guy's no. If he's at 17, you pull the trigger and trading that pick away because we have Waller. He's different. Oh, that's true too. We do have a pretty good tight so end what? already. So so trade the pick and get more capital. 
Are you, well, you wouldn't take Pitts at 17 to pair him with Waller? Are you crazy? I think this, I mean, I think this discussion is pretty much moot anyway, because he's not going to be Is this a there. two tight end? Is this a two tight end league? You, no. Do you, do you not know that you can split those two out wide? I mean, sure. But do you think we have the coaching staff smart enough to do it? They do it with Waller. I think that, I think that Cal Pitts John is pretty Gruden much is, Waller 2.0. I, well, maybe. Yeah. I think, I think that John Gruden really is more likely to use. Over everyone else. Yes. The needs we have. Yes. At 17. Yeah. Are you Jesus. crazy? Yes. Sometimes it's the 100%. best player available, but when you have very when you have glaring holes like the Raiders do, but that you can I, fill in the second and third round, and you can even take your third round capital and move back up into the second, or you can trade back for someone who wants pits and give you more capital and really fill the holes needed. Yeah. Tight end's not a hole that's needed. I don't but look I, at him as just a tight end. I look at him as a weapon. Uh, yeah, and you know He's that Gruden he runs like know, a four three four four. Yeah, he's, I mean that's insane. He's a route runner, a guy as big as him. You don't, you, you can't think of just using him as a three, a hand in the dirt tight end. There's so much that they could do, use him, and to pair him with Waller, you have nightmares. And now, presenting a triple coverage. Production. I would have nightmares if I had to go up that, against those two. We gotta take the button away from you. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I, I agree. I agree with that. But it's it's not gonna happen anyway. Right. And, um, and again, this is all hypothetical. But yeah, if if he would there at seventeen, I'm pulling the trigger and I'm not hesitating. Uh, <laughs> Niners sign any free agents we want to talk about, or <laughs> anything else about the Niners? Should we move on to Carl Joseph? Uh. The Niners, Taking I think time. it's Justin, Justin Fields or Trey Lance is who I'm going to say at number three. That's what? That's who I think. So now you not only spit no, on the love that they have for Mac Jones, but you think if Fields is gone, you take they take um, Lance. Mm-hmm. They do or they should? They should. Oh, okay. I think he has more upside than Mac does too. So Well that's obvious. We already knew that. <laughs> he just he, he, fits, whole, he fits their scheme better than we might think. Trey Lance. The whole the whole like look, I, I for Niners fans sake, I hope the Mac Jones talk was all like Fubar. It right? is. I, I hope so. Because it's absolutely stupid to pick him if Fields is there and if if uh, Lance is there. Stupid. Yeah. So you know, maybe maybe they were trying to get somebody thinking like they're going to pick Jones, so we're going to have a chance at Lance or Fields or yada yada, whatever, whatever. Um, and then you know maybe a, a report circulates closer to draft day that says they're actually looking at Trey Lance, and then the Broncos are like, no, we want to Trey Lance, so maybe they trade up. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what they could gain other than that by floating the idea that they're really high on Mac Jones if they really weren't. You know what I mean? But, you know, these guys are levels ahead of me for sure. So maybe there's something I'm not considering or thinking about when it comes to their mind games up to the draft. What it is. It's all mind games. It's all smoke with every team, not just them. Right. Football teams are notoriously. Don't believe anything you hear in draft season because it's all false for the most part. Yeah, that's I I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, they resigned some guys. They did. I asked that earlier, but they did do that. <laughs> um, list of names in front of me. Who who sticks out? Who's who's important? Uh, that you guys think is going to play a big role? 
in the Niners upcoming season? Trent Williams, obviously. Ah, uh, damn, took it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the obvious one. Yeah. yeah, and he was he was all pro. He's 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 a stud. I think Jason Verrett as well. He was very good for them last year, and they only brought him back on a one year deal. Don't know the details of it. Uh, but he was he was very good for them last year, and he showed that he can be healthy um, throughout the season. And to have that key cog back into your secondary, I wanted to get Jason Verrett for Vegas. I thought he'd be a good fit with us, but he's back in SF, and I think he is going to make a big impact for them again. Chris? I mean, he's he's right. <laughs> you already took you already took Williams from me, um, and then you took my one A and one B. So <laughs> yeah, well, you guys have the other uh, ones. The other ones are simply fillers. I'll be honest; like they're not gonna they're 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 good for Alex Mack is probably one C. Yeah, I would, actually I would no, he's say, just two. Alex Mack is probably more than just a filler, but yeah, I mean, yeah compared to yeah. Trent Williams, it's uh you know not no. The Trent Williams was the is the anchor yeah, right now of that sure. of that offensive line, for um, sure. and that's that's the biggest one. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll be fun to watch. They'll be fun to watch next year for sure. They're going to, they're going to, I think bounce back uh, depending on if they get their guy at quarterback, you know, and if he turns out to be their guy, well, that's the thing. (laughs) I don't mean their guy as in the guy that they want. I mean, their guy as in the guy that will be their guy, you know, uh, Raiders on the other side. Yeah. We we signed Carl Joseph. Yep. Signed Carl Joseph. We did it. He's back, baby. Carl Joseph. Full safety. Wait, no. Cornerback? No. Something. Huh. He's a secondary guy. Huh. Uh, we still need a safety, though, right? Correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Still need some cornerbacks. Yep. Yep. Still need that, too. But we got Carl Joseph back. And, uh, you know. Did Max Crosby play cornerback? Because we got <sighs> No, because he's going to break out with Yannick on the other side of him. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might be. What, what about the 10 other edge rushers we got? Yeah, put Carl Nassib back there. You mean the other... We don't have 10 addresses. We have 10 interior D linemen. We have a lot of interior. <laughs> Not much on the edge. Well, we need guys that can drop back and cover. So if any guy, if any of them can do that, maybe we can, you know, drop some of those guys back to linebacker and then put some linebackers back there on the, I don't know. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a football guy, but, uh, I want to see clean in, in linebacker. There we go. Yeah. I, I'm just, yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. That would work. That, that, that's what they drafted him so high for. To move him out of position and play him out line. I mean, that's the Raiders do like to move guys out of their position and play him the wrong way. So I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Nah. Uh, any other Raiders news? I don't think that there is. I haven't heard anything. Nope. The, uh, aside from the little big, the little big, the little amount of big splashes they made. Right. Um, and for agency, they've done nothing this offseason. Yeah, kind of a boring offseason so far. So hopefully the draft goes well for them and, um, you know, they can, they can make us feel a little bit more confident when, by the time the season starts, uh, because right now it doesn't seem like it's going to be much different from last year, which was very painful and frustrating. So indeed that was I, fun. I, don't know. I, I, I push back a little bit and say like, it, it's been, of course you do boring. Sure. I mean, <laughs> they, they made the splash that they needed to, who else would you have signed? Well, I didn't say they didn't make, yeah, I said I they know. made splashes. Yeah. They, they made I some splashes. There, there wasn't that many. There was many to be had. Well, I, well but the, but there's nothing wrong with that. There wasn't many to be had, but there was many that they needed. I think yeah. just because they weren't available doesn't mean that they didn't need them to happen. And I mean, we can't bash them for not doing something that was not possible to do. But it's just, you know, it wasn't much. I, I don't know. I haven't seen much. For, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. Hopefully, I mean, maybe they can generate enough 
pressure on opposing quarterbacks next year to where they only have, you know, a couple seconds to make a decision, make bad ones and throw them right to our backs, you know, our secondary. That's a possibility. But the the gaping holes that they had last year have not seemed to be plugged. Some of the smaller ones certainly have. Um I don't Minuscule. know. Yeah, I, think I don't know. The biggest we'll see. issue last we'll year on their defense was pass rush and they they've pretty much address that yeah i don't think that's possible i don't i don't see how how can you say that i don't see how that could be what do you mean what do you mean they were getting toasted every now and like every other play yeah they they couldn't they 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 couldn't seem to cover anybody pocket oh my yeah they they had time they they did really bad no you know what you're not wrong about the pass rush being it was it was the biggest it was the biggest need on defense i don't know if i agree with that because you know a lot of a lot of quarterbacks have time to throw but the they don't have an option to throw to. There was somebody open always with the with the Raiders. It wasn't. It, they they didn't prove to me that they could cover anyone. Sure, sure, and I'm with you. And I, I do think that you dial that up to the scheme because you have your third and seven. You're backing your corners up 15 yards, and that's an easy completion, an easy out route every time. So I, I'm going to that's talk another a little, issue. A little up to well. the scheme. Yeah, the guys aren't they're not great on the back end either. But the pass rush was almost historically bad too. And uh, well, their defense, yeah. any, you, the, the, their whole defense, defense was historically was, bad. Sure, yes, yeah. right. But of the three holes that they had, was three levels: secondary, backers, D line. I'll give it to the D line every time. They generate almost zero pressure. But now they have a premier right. pass rusher in Yannick Ngakwe, and they did bring some guys in. Gooden Jefferson's pretty good interior rusher. And we got to see what we get with Solomon Thomas. Uh, mixed bag, but if he's playing on the interior yeah. versus the edge, he's better on the interior. Sure. He's proven that. So if they get some more pressure up the middle, then that's going to make everything easier. Pass rush coincides with the secondary. You're right. It, it all works together. It, it's that's like saying that the you know a baseball team wouldn't need to address their starting rotation because their bullpen's great. I mean, you know, you, you're right. You, you got to address every part of your defense when it was as bad as it was last year, and that seems to be their strategy is to go into this season being being a team that focuses on creating pressure and rushing a passer, which has been a successful strategy for defenses in the past and could be in the future as well. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking that for sure. I think the Raiders, you need a, you need a thick front seven in this league. You Look do what the Tampa Bay yeah. books did in the Super Bowl. Now they were rushing against some backup offensive linemen, but Look what happens when you create pressure and you create havoc in the trenches. It starts right. in the trenches on trenches on offense or defense. It does. And when, when you talk to a coach, that's what they'll say, too, is that the game is really won and lost in the trenches. It is. And then the other stuff is a result of that. So if we can control the line of scrimmage, then we'll definitely have more success. It'll make things so much easier for Quit and Littleton and the linebacking core if these guys can be – decent against the run and the pass because they were really bad in both areas last year that and that's another thing too that the secondary doesn't address the run game they couldn't really stop the run either so for god's yeah. sakes they let that guy in the jets run all over us ty johnson or whatever his name was yeah exactly some whatever nobody i mean come <laughs> yeah. on man so yeah. i'll give you that i'll give you that for sure i think but i i just it's I didn't think that I'm, – I'm actually surprised that we got as much Raider talk into this episode as we did. I didn't think that we were going to be able to have anything other than Carl Joseph. So, um, And they we, still got the whole draft to, to address the other needs that they need. So, 
Yeah. Let's see what they do. So with that, we're going to take a break. We were thinking about combining segment two and three, but we're not going to do that. So stick around. We got sharks, warriors, kings, maybe. I don't know. Coming up right after this. Triple coverage. Welcome back to Triple Coverage. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TripCovPod. And follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcast users, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Now, back to the show. Bay Area, we have two more teams of yours to talk about. One of them... That's some good well, news. I think we should well, let's get the obvious out of the way real quick. So we could just we can end on a positive note. Let's get the crap out of the way. That's what I was going to do. Right. Kings so, suck. So we've got good news and bad news. And I wasn't including the Kings because they are in Sacramento, but we can for sure talk about it. Oh, if I'm on this podcast, we're including the Kings. All right. Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. You do that you're in Sacramento, so that's fine. We but, talk about the Raiders. Yeah, but they're a Bay Area team. Okay. I don't care that they don't play in the Bay Area. They're a Bay Area team and they always will be. Yeah. They're also they're also in LA. But yeah, but the Sharks are a Bay Area team. They've never played anywhere else, and they're not going to be playing anywhere else come playoff time because they suck again. All right. A couple episodes ago or last episode, I'm not sure when they started this seven game, you know, cakewalk that we thought they were going to have. Um, I think it was two episodes ago because last episode they started out good on it yeah, we it, talked we talked we talked about the upcoming uh, thought so cakewalk two right, episodes ago right and then they were doing well during it they were 2-0 they were 2-0 last episode when we, when we recorded yep so they finished that seven game seven game cakewalk today and they went three four and oh so they only won one more game after last week's episode and the four games that they lost they didn't even get a point out of them they had a chance for 14 points they got six that is not good. They're only four points back of a playoff spot, but that's worse than it sounds. And let me tell you why. Their schedule coming up, they got the Wild on Friday and Saturday in Minnesota. Now, I've been opinionated about the Minnesota Wild. I don't think that they're as good as the other top teams in this division, but they're solidly in third place right now. Um, they have 53 points. The Blues are the next team below them. They have 44, and the next team above them has 60, and that's the Golden Knights. So they're uh, they're nine points above the team next below them, seven points below the team ahead of them. Doesn't seem like they're going to move out of that three spot anytime soon. They play the Wild Wild, then they go to Vegas for two. That team is in second place. They've got 60 points. They're four points behind the Avalanche. And the Avalanche are absolutely crushing it right now. Oh, by the way, the Avalanche is the same team that the Sharks play four games in a row uh, at the end of April and the beginning of May. The Avalanche, I counted this earlier, and I can't believe this, but since the beginning of May, or nope, since the beginning of March, rather, because we're in April right now, since the beginning of March, the Avalanche have lost three games, and they've won 16. They're absolutely rolling right now. They're kind of good. They're kind of good. They're kind of a good team. And the Golden Knights, much as I hate to say it, really good team too. All right? All right. Sharks' biggest rival, for sure. Team I hate the most right now in hockey, for sure. T 
team that is probably going to win this division, it's a toss up between them and 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 the Avalanche. So this makeshift division, it's the makeshift the the Honda West is what they call it, right? The Honda West, yeah the 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 NHL West sponsored by Honda and Scotiabank and Bridge tone tires or whatever the fuck they're calling it um it just it doesn't look good you know if the sharks could come out and you know won five out of seven six out of seven even even if they would have went like four two and one or something well i would have felt accordingly accordingly according to uh sharks on twitter Mm -hmm. you know no playoff ground has been lost with this last stretch of games which is absolute bullshit by the way don't don't give the people hope. Sharks fans yeah, out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm there's there's plenty of smart ones, but just in case you're hanging on to some kind of slim thread, let it go. Let it go. You got to let it go. You ha- you can't you can't do this to yourself. Okay? Because the thing is, if the Sharks were going to make the playoffs, they would have to play like a playoff team. They've played like a playoff team maybe 8 times this season. They haven't looked good. And some of their win- they they've had a couple of streaks. You know, they had a four game win streak, which was nice. You know, thought we were moving on up. And then yep. the ugly nature of the San Jose Sharks in 2021 reared its ugly head. I said ugly twice in the same sentence. Very good structure <laughs> by me. But you know, they 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 started out this you know, they 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 beat the Kings three nothing, they beat the Kings three to two, they they lost to the Ducks. All right, they're two and one. They beat the Kings again, right? So now they're they're three and one, looking good. Kings come into San Jose, they lose four to two. All right. Monday, trade deadline comes and goes. No major deals. Patrick Marlowe's still a shark, which is great, which means he's gonna break the record. Woohoo. You know, that's that's awesome. He's my all time favorite I mean, player. Hey, you know, that, that is a really big deal. I mean, yeah. you, you, when we came into the season, that was kind of the highlight of what, what was upcoming. It, it, to be fair, right. we had no expectations of the playoffs. Right. You're right. Exactly. When, when I when I when I saw the way that they were doing it, I thought maybe the Sharks could push because there wasn't a for sure number four team. I thought it was going to be Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, who is on the cusp right now. Um, and then Minnesota, Arizona or San Jose as number four. Right. So I got the order mixed up a little bit. But right now, the four teams that we thought were going to be in the playoffs are in playoff position with the Coyotes threatening. April comes and goes or April. Sorry. Sorry. The trade. We're not really playing the Coyotes. Are we? I think we have like one, maybe two games against them. If we are, we have two, three, four, four games left coming up against them. Um and, you know, they haven't really been very successful against the Coyotes yet this year. They beat the Wild a couple of times with the Wild, also beat them a couple of times. Haven't beaten the Golden Knights yet at all. Uh, and then the worst loss of the season came at the hands of the Avalanche. I think it was like 7-2 to two or something like that. So it, it's, it's if, if they were going to make a push for the playoffs, they would have performed like a playoff team during this stretch. They didn't. They did not do that. And for... Sharks fans to look at the standings and say, oh, we're only four points out of a playoff spot right now. Yeah, we are. But are we going to gain four points on the Blues and Coyotes when we're playing teams like the Avalanche, Golden Knights and Wild? You know, and the I I don't think we are. And the Coyotes, they're probably a little bit better than the Sharks in in certain. The problem right now isn't exactly the point difference. It's the uh, it's the schedule we got left. Right. Exactly. Exactly the golden Knights play the sharks tough. That's, you know, it's, it's understood that we're each other's biggest rivals. That's what happens during rivalry games and good teams, especially, especially when they're rivals with a bad team, which the sharks have suddenly become since that, you know, 
playoff comeback in 2019. Yep. It's just, it's like the rivalry is still fresh in both teams' mind and the Sharks suck now. So the Golden Knights are just going to pound them into the ground every chance they get. And I don't blame them. If the Knights were all of a sudden bad, I think I would revel in the ability to, for the Sharks to do just, that. Just look up Hulkbuster versus Hulk. The part where he's pounding his face in, telling right, him to go to sleep. Exactly. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> it's the go to kings sleep. of the shark. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Except they want us to stay awake because they want us to keep feeling the beatings. That that's it. Look, sharks fans, it's not going to happen. Okay. The playoff. <laughs> the playoff talk should have been dead a long time ago. It wasn't our because, fault for thinking there's a shot. You know, but mathematically there still is a shot, but realistically there never really was. You know, and. I said it before. I said it even on this episode. If the Sharks were going to make the playoffs, it's very simple. They needed to play as if a team that belongs in the playoffs. And they have absolutely looked at the opportunity to do that and turned their back on it. They, they, it, Not that they decided, I don't want to play hockey, but they just, it, it, it's, they, they showed their true identity. Yep. And, and that's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's not, we, we like, like you said, Chris, we didn't think that they were going to contend this year for the cup anyway. Exactly. They've had so many better teams over our lifetime. It's just, it would be ridiculous for us to think that this would be the year, you know, I I will gladly take one shitty season. uh, If that means, or even two shitty seasons. Yeah. Just to get back to where we were for pretty much our whole life. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, you look, you look at guys that you think were going to really contribute and Timo Myers having the worst season of his career. Tomas Hurdle is not doing really much at all. Um, Logan Couture was pretty good until this cakewalk schedule started and he hasn't scored a goal in like 13 games now. I mean, it quietly, he's just absolutely struggling. Brent Burns hasn't scored a goal in almost 20 games or like 21 games or something. I really thought we were going to trade him. I, you know, I was I I was somewhat hoping we would because I'm worried that he goes in the expansion draft now, um, and we don't get anything but a little draft pick for him. But you know, at this point, if that's what happens, then that's what happens. Oh, it will. By the way, if if he he's gonna be in there, and I mean, look at our roster. Why would you not? Yeah, especially because well, the only reason you, why you might not is because his salary he makes like eight million bucks a year or something, and for sure, for but a, you probably, you, I mean, for an expensive draft, like you don't m- most of the time you can you can handle a lot of large contracts because most of your contracts can be small. That's very small. right. You're right about that, and and so to to and he he still is a talented guy. I mean, obviously he's he's got the skills necessary to be successful in hockey. We've seen him do it. We've seen him do it even this year. You know, he's got silky smooth hands like a forward a body like a fucking oak tree i mean the dude is built to play hockey and he's not called chewbacca because of the beard guys that's not the only reason that's not the only reason i mean the guy has a, a a hockey player's body for sure he will destroy you steal the puck and then you know put on a sick move on your goalie but he has to be able to do that and i, I don't know if he's even mentally engaged right now it, it just they look really bad. They lost the last three. It's it's just not happening. So, um, I no one's having fun. Who who is? No one is having fun. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, no nobody does seem to be having fun. Uh, you see pictures of Mario Ferraro. He's always smiling, but I think he's just <laughs> a happy guy. He's certainly not happy about how they how they how they, how they, how they, how they 
talking broadcaster Woof. how they have been playing he, he he you know there's nothing to smile about there so it's it's just it's a bummer but um you know bay area like i said we got bad news and we got good news hey and good news uh, look at Golden State. There, look at Golden State. Look to the Chase Center in San Francisco. The Warriors uh, have been winning lately. They've been hot three straight, four of their last five. They got a tough schedule coming up, though. Uh, CP, I know you've been paying a lot of attention to this team. So, what should we look forward to in this upcoming week for the Warriors? This is a big week for them. This is a huge week for them, bro. And considering that playing spot. Uh, Losing James Wiseman right now is just a tough blow. We just talked about him. uh, And they were letting him kind of run around and, like, do his thing, like, develop, you know, what they should have been doing. That's a torn meniscus, by the way. Torn meniscus. And and of of all the knee, like, muscles you could tear, the meniscus is on the lower scale. Obviously, the ACL is the worst one, but um, he's having surgery to determine a timetable. So what that tells me is that he may not be done for the season because you can come back from a meniscus. Um, but the, they're they're tricky. Yeah. They're tricky. They're one of those tricky muscles that you just kind of never know. Um, if, if I'm not wrong, the meniscus is the like, like the pad pad uh, in between the knee, right? It's like the pad yeah. of cartilage that the bones rest on in the joint right there. Right. And then the and kneecap is above that, like floating. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I think your anatomy is on point with that one. Uh, so the so, problem so is yeah is that sorry, he's a basketball player and right. <laughs> like you yeah. and he's jump a tall basketball player too and, yeah, he, yeah he's a big center and the Warriors are already small they're right. not a very big team and you know the only big that they really have right now is Kevon Looney outside of Wiseman they really I mean I guess you can consider Draymond a big but I mean he's not that tall he's I, big when I think of, when I think of big Curry yeah. And when I think of a big, I think of like a tall center or like a tall power forward. And they really, right. they don't have that. And that can burn them against a team um, that can snag rebounds like the the Sixers that they're seeing in a few days. Because Joel Embiid can, they might snag like almost every rebound that game. Uh, I would be surprised if he didn't lead the game in, in rebounds there. I'm sure he will. Uh, but regardless, um, you know, they're playing well right now. They had a big win today, Wednesday versus OKC. And OKC is not very good, but... 147 to 109 is or something like that is a big win and Steph yeah. is going off right now like we mentioned last week um we'll see how they do against the Celtics Celtics and Sixers I mean I think they should beat the Cavs shout out to my boy Sanko if you're listening sorry buddy <laughs> Cavs suck but um they're not very good we'll, we'll, yeah that'll kind of set the tone because now they'll be like, okay now they're at four straight but you do get the Celtics and Sixers who are tough teams and teams that probably will contend or look to contend. Certainly. Yeah. You, um, you these are, these are big games. games. These are big games. These, these games, these two games might decide their season. And I, I mean, I, and it's not gonna, I say that hypothetically in the terms of like, if they beat these two teams or even if they make it close or even if they split one of the two, it'll right. just set the tone for the rest of the year. So, yeah, I would feel really good if they actually won one of those two games yeah. against Boston. They, they and, just, uh, Philly. I mean, Philly's leading the Eastern Conference right now. They're, they're 38 they're, and 17. They're, 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 they're nasty. <laughs> they're, they're a powerhouse for sure. The Celtics are in the yeah. middle of the conference. They're 29 26. But they're hot. But they're hot. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the thing. And and losing Weissman may come back and hurt us more than it will. 
you know, it, it, than, than we're seeing so far. Because sure. today we played OKC, so it's like you know, big whoop. Like right, yeah, they're, that's they're what I mean. Out, they're, they're, you, you need you, you should blow out that team. Yeah, uh, but they just need other. If they can get other guys to score, if they can take the load off of Stephen Curry, who still just dominates. Like if they can get another set of good games from Jordan Poole, who had a hell of a game today versus OKC. And guys like Damian Lee and Draymond can do his thing. Like he got a triple double today. Like right. if, if they get just the, the things, just the, they got to go almost perfect for these guys and we'll see if they can do it, but they're in they're They're in the mix. And I guess for any team, as long as you're in the mix or like flirting with the playoffs, uh, you get some entertainment out of the season. I guess you really can't ask for much more than that. Obviously, yeah. you want to win it, but you want right, to be right. in the mix. And it, they're, they're in the mix. They're, they're ninth place right now. They're 27 and 28. They're uh, um, technically they're tied with the Spurs, but the Spurs have played two fewer games. So the win percentage is the same, but they got the, you know, they, they have more wins right now than the Spurs. So ninth place, uh, if they drop down to 10th, they'll still be in that playoff game. Uh, the, the play in game rather position. Um, and, you know, if they can pick up a couple of wins in the next three, you know, you, you, you really start to to believe um, in, in this team. And so would you like, say we believe. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's somewhat a similar. I'll vibe. make the reference every chance I get. Of Such course. A great yeah, of course. It was it was a, it was a beautiful time for basketball in the Bay Area. Um, that was it's it's a similar, but it's also a little bit dissimilar because that was when the Warriors were known as a team that sucked. And like they were always bad, you know, like during that part of our and didn't have life. arguably the best point guard of all time. Right. Yeah, my, my, guy, my man. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, because I never played in the NBA. So I'll... arguably because I still can't get over Magic Johnson. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Magical Johnson was also very, very good. I heard somebody call him Magical Johnson one time. Magical like, Johnson. Funny, funny did I just say that on accident? No, you did. didn't. No, you didn't. So <laughs> I, I, like, I heard that, I heard that, that one time and it just stuck with me so i always magical johnson magical johnson. coming to the stage magical <laughs> johnson <laughs> whip out your ones ladies exactly exactly so but yeah right right the, the best shooter we can say in, in nba history um, not named you that one's also sexual yeah i mean it's a little bit of a stretch but it is um what? but okay big what we're, we're so, kidding right about what the greatest shooter of all time it's not a stretch. I didn't say that was a stretch. No, he said no, 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 no. He's replying to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. I heard that and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, yeah. Him, him being the greatest shooter of all time is pretty much. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty delivered. much an agreed upon thing at this point. And also, we didn't. Say, you're, you're a complete hater if you uh, say otherwise. Yeah, we we also didn't mention that he that he passed uh, Wilt Chamberlain in the the scoring. All-time record leader, book, right? So he's the all-time leader for uh, for the Warriors, Warriors now, which is awesome. That, you know, so congratulations is, to him. And he's not done yet. He's only he's only absolutely not. No, he's got like a good you know five six years left of doing this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe at a high level, but he's got more than that left in just his career. I think. Yeah, but I mean, you Before know, he, like really, declines, like really starts to you know. Yeah, like he, he, oh, he's gonna be. Let's see. He's shooters. Shooters usually don't look at Ray Allen. Well, that's the thing. If he if he just focuses on catch and shoot, he can he can do it up in, until his forties, you know. Well, and he's, I think the year year off was really beneficial for him, obviously because you know he, he was kept himself fresh and he, he might have bought himself yeah. a few more years. 
you're probably right. I mean, he's also a world-class athlete in general. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell Steph Curry short at all. No, 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 I know. We're not saying that. But um, it would kill you if that was the case. Yeah, of course, and not, I don't want to die. So I'm not gonna do it. Um, but but yeah, I, it's it's just uh, I I feel I feel actually really good about the Warriors right now, and I think that they can come in if they get into the playoffs. They have some guys who can make it fun. Do I think they'll contend for a championship this year? No, I don't think that they have a no. chance to no win the championship at all. Um, obviously, if they're at full strength, they expect to contend. And I think next year they're going to get Clay back. They're going to have Wiseman back. They're going to still have Draymond. They're going to have, have a high uh, draft Steph. Pick. They're going to have a high draft pick. So ooh, I think ooh, that ooh. you know what's funny is people are saying with Clay coming back because obviously he's eyeing the return. This would be next season, mm-hmm. um, starting next season. Obviously, yeah. uh, the question now is: Will the Warriors even be a contender? What? But how could that even be a question? Because they're 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 still in the playoff race. Without they haven't had him the whole season. They're still in the race for the playoffs, and he is a premier shooter in the NBA as well. And he's also a great defender too. And that's another thing that people don't talk about Steph a lot. He's a lockdown defender in, in the NBA as well. You mean Clay? Yeah. Did I say Steph? You said Steph. Yeah. Steph can play some defense too, but you're, you're spot on about Clay. Yeah. Clay before he suffered his unfortunate injuries was on a path to the hall of fame. Maybe not a first ballot guy, you know. Not like, you you got to think so though, with the contributions that he's made to the Warriors. He's he's a, he's a stud, man. Clay is so good. Like, he's all pro and uh, or like I think they do like first team. I don't know if it's yeah, like they do all first pro, team like, football, NBA. but yeah, um, it's all it's all NBA. He's all he's like an all star. Clay, Clay Thompson getting him back is going to be a huge boost. Now, will he ever return to what he was pre ACL pre Achilles? Wait to see, because look what. That happened to Marcus Cousins. Now they play two different positions, obviously. So you know they, they also have very different, different body types. Way, exactly, way different dynamics. So Clay, you could probably bet on him still being really good after injury. Yeah, uh, but these guys have another championship window coming up. They, they definitely do. Yeah, so I think you're spot on. They're, they're, they'll be they'll be making a run. Yeah. So you know that that's our good news segment uh, in this last part of the show. Uh, Sharks, bad. Warriors, good. Kings, bad. Bad. Sorry. Bad. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Don't say sorry to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like you care, but yeah. Uh, they, well, I care. It's just, you know, it's just like the Sharks. You know, yeah. if they get good, I'm happy. If not, nah, I expected it. Yeah. If not, <laughs> hey, we got baseball. So, right. yeah. So, yeah, they've lost eight in a row right now. Jed Lowry. They need Jed Lowry. <laughs> Maybe Jed Lowry could help the Kings yeah. out. I don't know, man. That guy seems to be turning back. Put him ball. on the ice, too. You know what? Might not be such a bad idea. He's obviously got the hand-eye <laughs> coordination. He's batting 333 for the A's right now. Oh, my God, Jed Lowry, the man. <laughs> All right. We could talk for another hour about Jed Lowry if we wanted to, but um, I think that's going to do it for the yeah. show. Um yeah, I, I just I don't want to keep talking about how bad the Sharks are. It just makes me sad. The Warriors are are, are looking good right now. They're they're fun to watch, at least. And that's another thing that, you know, you're going to get when you watch the Warriors is like you never know if Steph's going to put up like 50 points. Um, I mean, what did he have today? Didn't he have like 30 and 30 or 40 and three quarters? 39 or 40. And he almost broke the threes record. He had 11 threes. Yeah, right. In the third quarter. Didn't let him. <laughs> Yeah, so, 
you know, you're always going to get that with the Warriors, and it's just fun. So keep an eye on them for sure, and keep an eye on us. Um, we are on Spotify, which is powered by Anchor.fm. We're also on Apple Podcasts, so give us a rate and review over there. Five stars, please. Leave a question. We might answer it on the show. If You know what? If you leave a question and it's not ridiculous, we will answer it on the show, and that's our guarantee, as long as we see it. That's our guarantee. <laughs> our guarantee <laughs> is that if we happen to see the question that you leave on Apple, uh, we'll answer it. Uh, so check it's us out there. A lot easier to tweet us, though. A lot easier to tweet us. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at TripCovPod. Trip, like the word trip. Cove, like C-O-V. Pod, like pod. You know how to spell pod, I'm sure. Um, put those three together. Boom. Hit us up on Twitter. We are on Twitch. Each of us is on Twitch. I'm not sure how much action is going on on our Twitch pages. I haven't been doing anything on Twitch, but you can follow me there if you like. Um, CP Smoof with a F at the end is CP. And Chris is crazy underscore enigma. So check us out there on Twitch. (sighs) Another episode in the books, fellas. Indeed. Um, Well... So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Triple Coverage. Be sure to follow us on all listening platforms to stay up to date on the most current episodes. Want more now? Head over to our social media pages at TripCovPod and say hi. See you back here next Thursday for more exciting content. That's all, folks. If we don't get sued for the songs, we're definitely getting sued for that.